Here at Mystical Mac, we believe that it's very important to pay attention to the energies working around us as well as within us, meaning the turning of the seasons, the planetary bodies and how they are moving in what direction, and of course, the lunar cycles. This is why I've come to recommend Lunarly. Lunarly is an amazing subscription box that aligns my self-care practice with the energies of the lunar cycle that is currently being presented. By sending me a box on the new moon that holds either a candle or a plant, the plant will come with detailed care instructions, the candle will come with detailed information regarding the scent and why each particular element was chosen to align you with said lunar cycle. The box also includes four special items with reasons for why those items are included in a lovely little packet. And my favorite part, a collectible trading card that gives you every important date of said lunar cycle, as well as an intention to inspire for the coming month. You can find Lunarly by searching at mylunarly on Instagram, as well as by going to their website, lunarly.com. I can vouch for them personally. In fact, this is not an ad. I'm not getting paid to recommend them. I just highly believe in what they do and the amazing items that they have sent me, as well as the plant friends I've made, have adorned my home and brought me so much joy. Thank you, Lunarly, and thank you for listening to Embodying Mystical Mac. Welcome to my human design experiment. Hello, and welcome to Embodying Mystical Mac. I'm Mac. If you are new here, thank you so much for joining. If you are returning, thank you so much for returning. It's been a little while. Uh, lately, we've gotten the episode with a deer that we do every month, um, but it's been a little while since I've sat down and recorded. If you are returning, um, you're you probably were expecting this, um, <laughs> but we don't have to dive into all of that right now. I'm actually, I don't know if excited is the word, um, but I am, man, all of the adjectives I'm thinking about imply positivity, um, and this is not really like a positive topic, but I am, I suppose, feeling positively about the fact that I actually sat down and am recording this right now, because um, I've been going through a little bit of mental health stuff, and I've found my procrastination cropping in again, and this has actually been outlined for a bit. I've wanted to do this for a bit, and the fact that I sat down and I'm here doing it is awesome. I've got my going through shit outfit thing going on. I've got my hat because apparently that makes me feel more secure. I've got my hair and like pigtails because apparently that makes me feel cuter. Um, and we're rocking the no makeup, like the actual no makeup look because I am breaking out everywhere. Um, if you are anybody, if you're someone like me who was really lucky to not have dealt with acne in puberty, but deal with it in your adulthood, I feel your pain we'll get through this. Um, but yeah, like normally I would have gotten a little cuter. I would have probably done something a little bit quirky and maybe a little purposeful, maybe not quirky. Again, this subject matter is not fun to talk about. Um, but yeah, this is what we got going on and I've daily dallied forever now. Let's just get into it. So <laughs> I don't know what this episode is going to be called, but I titled my notes, the child star conundrum. Because what is it if not that? Okay. Um, now, I am not the first to speak about this. Not at all. There have been some excellent videos that I have watched myself on this child star conundrum. A lot of them, albeit, focused on the downsides. And granted, I will too. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert of this. Um, however... And very few offer solutions, not that there's like an ultimate solution or, you know, like I don't claim to know everything, like what the fuck do I know? 
I'm just someone that I'm highly aware of the fact that the child star conundrum isn't going away. So how can we better the situation is where I come from when I'm thinking about solutions. But we'll get to that at the end because I've got my handy dandy notes here because I do believe that part of my procrastination was the fact that this is a heavy video. This is a heavy subject matter. This is not something that I want to misspeak um, or misrepresent my views on. And what's really interesting is not saying that everyone out there doesn't have a phase where they wish they were a child star. I still, till this day, think about what my life would have been if I actually had been a child star. Because I see how if certain circumstances had lined up in such ways, I could have ended up one in this lifetime. And so it's really interesting to think about this too because I'm oftentimes I'm coming from a place of like huh and I have a whole video about this <laughs> it's called I think why I'm glad my childhood dreams didn't come true um but I have a whole video about this but essentially putting myself in this place of like what if I was that kid right and then knowing what I know now having not been a child star and being able to develop somewhat normally as opposed to in the midst of fame. So all that to say, I am aware that plenty of people have spoken on it. I believe that I can bring a unique perspective and that's what I hope to do here. Um, this is one of those things that we're just going to have to keep talking about and talking about and talking about until our society and Hollywood itself like catches the F up. And you know what? This is really interesting. But Hollywood being like 100 million years in the past comparing to actual society, which is already like thousands of years in the past. So Hollywood is like light years in the past. That's going to come up in another video very soon. So very interesting synchronicity there but basically this is just an issue that we need to keep talking about and we need to exhaust and exhaust and exhaust until something gets done about it because it is a child star conundrum because they're not gonna go away we're not gonna stop putting little kids and little babies in movies and in ads and in this or that like it's not gonna happen in my opinion like we're not just gonna all of a sudden create like dummies for those positions or like robots for those positions although honestly like a good use for like a super realistic robot probably would be that so we never would have to put another child in the child star conundrum ever again but but i am a firm believer of and this is where some of you might be like, oh, bitches, crazy bitches, woo woo, whatever, I don't care, it's fine. Um, your opinion on that doesn't affect me any longer. Thank God, I've worked on that so hard. Um, I am a firm believer in soul contracts. I'm a firm believer in the fact that this thing, this little spark of light, right, that is in our bodies that leaves when we die, when this body dies, it's so intelligent. It is intelligent beyond our imagination. It's as intelligent as the intelligence that is nature, creating individualized forms that work together in symbiosis and having all of the exact number of things ask for things to work out beautifully and perfectly anybody who's looked deep enough into nature or spent enough time with nature understands what i'm speaking of this sort of ancient indescribable not tangible wisdom and intelligence somehow nature is intelligent enough to create us and that intelligence has to come from somewhere now 
before there's anything physical, there's the soul, there's the spiritual. These are all my beliefs. I am, I'm not stating fact here. These are all my beliefs, all right? Just because they feel like fact to me, not stating fact here. I feel like I have to disclaim in the age of the world that we're in. That intelligence needs to come from somewhere. And what I logically think it to be is the soul, the spiritual. And this soul knows what it's doing to a degree actually to lots of degrees it's once it mixes with the physical body that it gets a little tricky but essentially this soul knows exactly what the f it's doing and if i had meant like if it was in my my most beneficial life contract to be a child star and to grow go through that kind of trauma that is a thing that would have happened that is a thing that has happened for a lot of humans in the world today and i firmly believe that while a part of me is like oh my god no children should ever be in those situations and i'm not even i'm not talking about like the questionable ones either i'm literally talking about like there's like children should be children they should be getting to play and learn and develop as humans while being taken care of and guided properly and modeled healthy relationships healthy emotional nervous system regulation all that junk not working in an environment with a bunch of adults where they're responsible for a paycheck so that's what i mean about these situations i'm not even talking about the situations where children should most definitely have no part of y'all know what i'm talking about um which i will touch a little bit on that but not a whole lot um yeah um as much as there's a part of me that like really wishes for no child to ever have to be a working anything while they're children i also can stand in the perspective of like but obviously that experience is prevalent and real so there's a reason for it and all we can do is learn from it and hopefully try to make it better hence this video and just yeah (laughs) okay let's go why let's just first like touch on the reasons why having children working in the industry is probably not a great idea to begin with okay um we're gonna talk about these because if we know why it's not a great idea maybe when we get to our solutions part of it we can think about how to make these things that make it not a great idea help it be at least a better idea or um an okay idea you know if that's really what the kid wants to do like a parent doesn't have to feel like they're sending their little baby piglet into the lion's den if you know what i mean also shout out to coca-cola for being the marker for when my mental health sucks and mcdonald's for supplying it to me i guess um okay first reason children should not be involved in those things or at least we need to better this part of it toxic industry practices all right the fact that the coogan law had to be put into place which is this law that basically guarantees that in my opinion a measly little percentage i believe it's like 15 I think it's 15 do not quote me i haven't looked that up right this moment but it's measly okay a measly little supposed 15 ish percent of whatever that child makes actually gets put away and saved for them for when they are of age to access those funds even with this law having been put in place after i'm sure plenty of children were taken advantage of by their parents and guardians um which sucks sucks um after a bunch of kids were already exploited and whatever this law got put into place i believe shirley temple was one who was heavily exploited by the lack of any regulation on this whatsoever i think the olsen twins were among the first few to actually get to exercise the law but even with the coogan law in place this crap still gets so exploited and parents like 
Jeanette McCurdy's mother that she spoke of in her really good book, I'm Glad My Mother Died. I'm glad, I'm glad my mom died. It's not like that. Um, her mom would, you know, basically use her money for things that were frivolous and um not it's, it's not even like shitty like sure go get yourself like a nice haircut you know but if you do that in three blowouts in one week i'm not saying that's what her mom did but i'm just trying to give you an idea of like exploiting the the child is already being exploited because in those circumstances usually what's happening is that child is the breadwinner um of the family um but then you have you know this parent that is essentially like living vicariously through them and then also expending their their resources in irresponsible ways and in just it it just shitty because it's not yours it's not your money to spend like it's one thing to take care of the family you know and it's another thing to like be very frivolous and selfish with it which is what she described her mom to be doing that's just one example friends (laughs) like literally one example um it exposes kids to this we're still under (laughs) toxic industry practices by the way it exposes kids to adult paced lifestyles um or rather an adult paced lifestyle which can affect their development negatively um the fact of the matter is is that unless you have like a very strong family oriented foundation and support group your development will get severely jostled and maybe even a little effed up by being subjected to having to work when you're a child okay we're gonna go a little bit later into like we're kind of like doing a funnel situation right we're we're we're, instead of giving you like why childhood development is so fragile this and that i'm giving we're giving you toxic in practices that can that can affect that fragile those fragile stages um and then we're gonna talk about that i'm i'm all over the place here i'm so sorry okay we're gonna go let's just go keep going (laughs) so that happens when i haven't recorded in a little bit um okay so being exposed to an adult paced lifestyle can definitely affect their development negatively um and this is because childhood really is very fragile especially in certain stages of it um the last point under toxic industry practices and i guess like let's talk about obviously we get why the coogan law The fact that it even had to exist sucks, but we also get the fact that it's still toxic because the Coogan Law, so many child stars or people that were child stars that are now adults today have gone on record to talk about how the Coogan Law really didn't help them as much as it was probably meant to. Um, So we can see why that's toxic, obviously, right? Exposing kids to an adult-paced lifestyle, obviously, that's toxic because in order for children to grow and develop, they need to be given their own time. They need to learn how they like to do things. They need to be given opportunity to initiate their own play and their own activities and to maneuver from one activity to the other in a way that feels good to them that's how you develop autonomy and emotional regulation i mean not the entirety of it obviously but like that those are a couple of ways you develop rather that is a one of the ways you develop that like being able to guide yourself through your life <laughs> you already can't control so much as a child like getting to choose your own activity after you're done with your homework is 
something you have control of when you get exposed to this adult paced lifestyle where adults are keeping track of you are telling you when to go to do things when you know if you're not doing a take then you need to be doing class and when you're done with the take then you go to lunch and then you do this it's like having a helicopter parent and then when that child is no longer a child right and they're out of that environment and maybe they didn't they weren't able to progress and keep going in that career they may find themselves severely developmentally stunted and with absolutely no idea of who they are because they were always just following someone else's itinerary now obviously you know that's not even adding to or that's not even talking about the fact that these sets tend to be so they tend to be not okay i've been on sets i've been the talent i've been behind the scenes there's always a level of stress regardless of whether it's flowing like a well-oiled machine or not there's always a level of stress and being a child you're going to be so susceptible to that especially if you are younger than the age of eight because before the age of eight give or take children are still experiencing the world on a mirroring basis they're in taking something completely and then they're learning to mirror it back out why why would we want to have our children intake a bunch of stress just by virtue of the environment that they're in right because not only are those sets stressful to a degree they often go over time and start extra early and it's just it's rigorous work like i get like i do not feel bad for them i get it they get paid well and handsomely for the work that they do I wanted to to do that work and I, I mean I still do I still want to act but I to be to have actor be my sole profession like that is some that's work guys that actually is a lot of work and not so much for an adult you know but for a child any work is too much work for a child they just need to be living their lives developing and learning how to be themselves okay um the last point in this um which really sucks this can expose them to this i mean you guys know this can expose them to work with predatory producers and higher-ups that can then expose them to certain situations that would be criminal and again if you have a really solid foundation your family is really behind you really cares for you you're not doing this to be the breadwinner because your family really needs you to get this role there's a really good chance that that kid will be totally okay in fact a good reason a lot of like nepo babies that are child stars like the good a good reason why they come out better than most in my opinion and probably not even probably are able to carve out careers in their adulthoods if that's what they want one being nepo babies helps right um but two that shift from leaving child acting or whatever it is that they did isn't so jarring because one they never had to be the breadwinner so there was never like a whole lot of weight writing on you know what they did or whatever also apologies for my heater it just it has to happen otherwise it gets too cold in here for for the little cleo so um Another reason, other than they didn't have to be the breadwinner, is the fact that 
there's a really good chance that their family one by virtue of them already being in the industry knows how to navigate the industry so that they don't end up in questionable and criminal situations right not criminal on the child's part obviously um uh are probably more aware of whether their kid actually wants to do this or not because there's no stake right i mean sure there might be some people that like really want their kids to be an actor just because they're an actor but it seems you don't see too many nepo babies hating their lives out there from my perspective and i feel like that would be very apparent if someone was just like oh i guess it's just the family business like you know i feel like they would have a very shitty attitude and we would be able to tell um but hey that is it for toxic industry practices um a few examples actually of of toxic industry practices um i jotted down here so nickelodeon and all of the alleged shit and i have to say alleged with dan schneider if you don't know i envy you oh my god i envy you and whatever rock you've been living under because it is not on this planet and i appreciate that trigger warning for child criminal situations look it up um yeah not only dan schneider but all of the higher-ups that would just shut people up with ndas and would allow him to keep doing what he's doing and like jeanette mccurdy has she doesn't say it's him okay she doesn't say it's him but we all know we all know who the creator is um but she's got like a snippet about that and the fact that we weren't talking about that enough when her book was doing press tours and shit or she was doing press tours for her books and whatnot why were interviewers not asking her enough about that i mean i get a rough topic but i'm wondering i'm like are there ndas elsewhere too anyway if you want to get a little bit of what dan schneider allegedly could have been like she's got a snippet in her book um okay this one's actually really new really really new and i'm actually gonna learn a little bit more about it there's this really awesome um lawyer on youtube by the way go follow her tyler i think she's called like the hollywood lawyer or something um but i love her she like breaks down um just legal shit going on in hollywood and i'm like really interested in that um I'm really interested in that so let's see this is actually recent and she did a video on it so i'm gonna i'm gonna go watch the video because i haven't yet but if you haven't heard the the actors of romeo and juliet the 90s version of romeo and juliet they are suing the director because they're saying that they were coerced into not wearing anything during their simulated intimate scene during that movie now it's been a million years in the day since i've actually seen that movie um but i don't it's not the one with leo dicaprio by the way um but yeah apparently like they were supposed to wear something like they usually do like they wear things to cover their actual bodies during simulated intimate scenes and i'm using intimate because you know the algorithm um but apparently the director was like kind of a tyrant and essentially coerced and forced them and they were 16 at the time so i'm like really curious to learn more about that because i mean it just sounds like all kinds of freaking wrong right um so like that's another example that literally just cropped up now like just cropped up very very recently into the ether these these actors are by the way like i don't even know how old they are i feel like they're like in their 80s can you imagine living with that trauma for that long just now speaking out 
they probably never spoke out before because they probably would have never worked before if they had like they wouldn't have, that would have been their last film toxic industry practices all right my last point here actually i have two more points because one story i just must share um my second to last point the fact that when people say the casting couch the quote casting couch quote people know what they're talking about the fact that this is a recognizable term and maybe not everybody knows what they're talking about but enough people know what they're talking about when you mention that when people mention that that says enough about the toxic industry practices right right um and my last point my last story unfortunately until our society gets to a place where we're just more emotionally intelligent maybe more of us decided that therapy isn't for crazy people and is actually for normal people who just want to be better humans um maybe maybe then we'll we'll start to get better as a society um but until then you're gonna have you're just gonna have questionable shitty and very underdeveloped people everywhere you go and unfortunately the entertainment industry allows those people especially if they are good at what they do to just run the fuck rampant say whatever they want and get away with it and the story i want to share um as the last example under toxic industry practices and by the way i just realized i had two points as to why being a child star is just not ideal toxic industry practices in childhood is so pivotal and fragile so look at all my reasons toxic industry practices which that's like a good thing in a way if i think about it because hopefully that means those things can shift over time and then the child star conundrum won't be such a conundrum anymore it'll just be another pathway um that parents tread with caution you know aware conscious intelligent parents tread with caution intelligent both emotionally as well as mentally um the last story i'll share bella thorne actually it's her story and she's gone on record to share this i've heard i heard this from her mouth when she was doing a podcast she said that when she was 10 yeah 10 there was this director that had the gall to tell her agent that the reason she didn't advance in the auditions was because he was uncomfortable because she was flirting with him she was 10. so my point with this story i mean one it seems like she had like a pretty strong family foundation so you know her mom very clearly was like this guy's a creep this is effing creepy just making sure you know he's a creep you know but from what i read in her book jeanette mccurdy's mom might have slut shamed her at 10 10 years old not saying she would have i don't know for sure but it's not it, it's not that far-fetched to me maybe not her some narcissistic like really shitty stage parents yeah yeah and all because some imbecile in the industry decided a 10 year old was flirting with him so when i say toxic industry practices like sure yes there are some things we can mitigate hopefully and over time change to help this industry not be as toxic towards children 
But as long as this industry reveres imbeciles like that guy and lets them say shit like that, right? Because that agent probably couldn't be like, you know, you sound like ridiculous. You sound like a creepy ass motherfucker right now, right? You know that, right? She can't do that. Because then he may not ever see anybody he sends or she sends to him again to audition. Because that's how this toxic fucking industry works. So still, enter at your own caution, especially if you're doing so with your children. But like that is just the scope of the kind of people you can encounter. A grown ass man who thinks a 10 year old child is flirting with him and is made uncomfortable by it. My next point, and I've already kind of made it, childhood is so pivotal and development is already so fragile. And this is true. Childhood is incredibly pivotal and development is incredibly fragile. I've studied development. I have an early childhood education degree thingy that allows me to go work at any private preschool here in California. Not only that, that was the most recent studying studying that I've done around this, but I had a traumatic childhood, all right? Traumatic in, in ways that may not have seemed very traumatic from the outside, but on the inside, there was a lot of fucking trauma. And my yes going through therapy and unraveling that and continuing to do so by the way this isn't something like i've done and it's over like no it's like i'm still learning to handle situations better when i'm triggered i'm still learning to increase my distress tolerance i'm still learning how to move through my dysthymia as opposed to let it drop me dead and stop me cold right like this is all a process but in learning through this the journey that i've gone from when i was i don't know 21 to now and then the fact that i i also i'm a nanny like i that's what i've done for a long long time i watch it i look at how fragile it is every single day i witness it I witness, you know, the children that I take care of, the child that I take care of, go off of my cues, right? And people don't realize how fragile it actually is. Like, they do not fucking get it. But before eight years old, and I'm not saying that like once they're eight, it's no longer fragile and we shouldn't be mindful. I'm just saying that once they're eight, there's a little bit more solidity there. But it's still fucking fragile. Right? There's still adolescence to go through and early adulthood. Like, it's still fucking fragile. And I'm not, this is not an early childhood education seminar. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you why development is fragile. If you want to learn about human development, childhood development, how to properly care for children, like, please go, go learn that. Look up responsive parenting. That's the first thing you should do. And that will send you down the rabbit hole. I'm sure of it. And... When you have so many people that, in my humble opinion, need therapy just from the, quote, perfectly fine, quote, childhoods that they had, I cannot imagine the slew of shit someone who was a child star has under that trauma belt. I'm not comparing, not saying one is worse or better, whatever. Obviously, one has has advantages versus the other and whatnot, right? 
the person who was traumatized but wasn't famous has the the advantage of having their trauma exist in a way that it's theirs theirs to deal with whereas the person who's famous is at a disadvantage because their trauma was out there for the world to see is out there for the world to see now the famous person might be advantaged by the fact that while they were going through all that trauma they were also probably racking up some money that they could then use to help them kickstart their life after all that trauma is done right whereas the person who was traumatized and not famous and rich and whatever does that is a disadvantage for them so it's not about better or worse or you know this or that it's it's really it's really really just about the fact that (laughs) becoming famous and having the whole world watch your every move and then worse you know because the child stars of my day and I don't know if they still do this to them but the child stars when I was growing up were also forced to be these like impeccable role models which is absolutely ridiculous and in my opinion is the biggest 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 part of the child star conundrum because not only are these kids exposed to an extremely toxic industry they have all of their trauma and all of their you know shit out there kind of for the world to see already they're developing in the public eye essentially now they have to worry about never making a mistake what the fuck (laughs) like what the fuck okay so let's get into some solutions maybe like just a little bit right let's let's not just talk through this into the void without thinking of anything constructive whatsoever because in my opinion this is something that when we talk about i do want to bring something constructive constructive to the table i do want to to not just complain 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 about this and then go well i don't know how to fix it i'm not saying all of my solutions are impeccable and amazing but they're just some ideas okay so and i'm trying to speak over the crying child next door okay um so first my first suggestion is It would be great if we could invest into proper vetting of guardians and kids to ensure that only kids who really want to act slash sing or perform whatever are doing so. Um, Maybe have a psychologist. And I know that sounds expensive or whatever. But again, just throwing ideas out there. And okay, let's be real. These multi-million productions, dollar productions can fucking afford it. Okay, so you're not fucking hiring children that are fucking breadwinners of their fucking families like anyhow um proper vetting so maybe having um parents and children vetted by a psychologist at the audition send the kids home that seem like they're so nervous for reasons that have nothing to do with performing right those kids are probably paired up with parents that are anxious and probably nervous as well because those kids are probably relying on that job to exist and live um yeah this is what i said keep out the quote breadwinner quote kids who feel they have no choice kick them out there's no reason they don't want to be there those parents need to figure out another way to fucking feed their families because it's their responsibility to do so oh yeah that okay I said keep out those kids who have no choice and their exploitative, likely exploitative guardian slash parent. Set therapists to help kids get back to neutral when doing really intense and strenuous work. Now this is not so much at the entry point, but like, okay, once kids are in, they're doing the thing. Perhaps it's a good idea, you know, and it would be kind of fun to not even fun it would be incredibly helpful to do this for auditions where it's really 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 intense work 
you know, maybe after each kid is done auditioning, they can talk to the therapist and the therapist can be like, okay, how are you feeling? You know, and the kid can tell them. And then as a sort of like sending them off, just be like, just remember, this is not you going through these emotions. This is a character. You are, you know, have them state their name, maybe like their favorite color, something like that. Something to help them get back to neutral. Because a lot of these parents are not helping these kids get back to neutral because they're not even aware of how to parent children in the first place. But this would be helpful. If they're not doing it for really intense auditions, okay, fine, you're putting the responsibility on the parent, which if you're vetting, right, if you're vetting whether those parents and kids should even be there, hopefully that means that what's left over are the parents that are emotionally and mentally aware and intelligent around those things they hopefully will help their kid get back to neutral and whatnot however definitely have those therapists on set to help those kids that are acting through those really difficult and intense emotions help them get back to who they are ground themselves back into their identities because that's really important especially when they're going off and making believe they're a bunch of other people even if it's for work even if there's a distinction when you are a child and especially before you're eight years old you are living on a mirroring basis meaning it's very easy to get your self-identity confused with other things and people and especially the characters you play proper education and even standardized testing to ensure that these kids are learning what kids are learning in school to set them up well to be able to leave the industry if they desire. This is so important. Bella Thorne is another one that really talks about this and really advocates for this because it's really just absolutely ludicrous that these kids, like they have set teachers and they have time that they should be learning and whatnot, but they don't learn what kids learn when they go to school in the way that they could go, you know, and apply for a college when they're junior year age. I don't even know if most of them like take like the GED test. Like I have no idea. But on a couple occasions now, like both Jeanette McCurdy and Bella Thorne, like they worked for Nickelodeon and Disney. Like you would think those set teachers would be the absolute best, right? But no, it's also an issue of like, I'm sure that they're spending the bare minimum amount of time in those classrooms. And then also, if you're being overworked, like from every angle, and this actually segues really well into my next point. If you're being overworked from every angle, it's going to be really difficult to pay attention and really retain that hour or two of school that you got that day because that's all that shooting allowed. I don't know the exact laws and rules around this, but do not come at me and say that Hollywood does not bend rules all the fucking time to their whim because they do. Okay? Um, my next point. Cross-communication and accountability of child stars teams, teams to coordinate projects and schedules in a way that the child isn't overworked and has time to play as well as have a well-rounded education. This is exactly what I was just talking about. If they are overworked from every angle. So um, a really good example of like a real life example of this is the essay written by I, is it Maisie Williams? Game of Thrones actress, played Arya. I believe it's her. No, it's not her. It's not her. Um, it's the girl. She was in Disney Channel. She did Camp Rock. She was in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. She was like the girl who wrote the skateboard. She was in the Missy Elliott video. That's kind of what popped her off. The dancer. Um, but she does like a phenomenal autobiographical essay. And she talks about how like, you know, it wasn't just that she was shooting Sweet Life as I Can Cody. She was also doing like a press arrangement for this and a premiere for that and a this and this and a that and that. And it's all happening at the same time. Now, we have overworked adults in the industry, right? 
and they struggle. Can you imagine being a kid? You're just trying to learn how to function as a human and who you are as a human. And now you have more engagements and things on your calendar than your elementary school teacher would have had if you would if you went to elementary school like what so this is because these teams aren't cross communicating right they're um it's not like their pr people are going okay well she already has this going on today so we're only going to keep it at this pr arrangement this week because then that way she has time to actually finish her school day as well as relax a little bit before next round of shooting starts no it's none of that it's like oh can we fit it great it's in never mind when that child is gonna like sleep or you know learn or i mean the only thing is like sure they make sure they eat thank god but if they didn't they wouldn't have talent so i'm like should I praise you for doing the bare necessities? I don't think so. Um, so that would be really, really incredible and really important, like cross-communication and accountability of the child star's welfare between these teams to ensure that that child, they're not going to have a normal childhood, but they can at least hopefully have some time to play and explore who they are as a person, as well as some time to get an actual education. An education that they can stand on if they ever want to leave this thing before they make enough money to do so without feeling like they're not going to be okay in life. Last, my last point, and I already touched on it a little bit. Let's stop asking and expecting these child stars to be fucking role models. Wow, I really thought that was good. I put a lot more umph into that than it yielded. I'm over it. But like real talk though. The fact that we ever put that on them. I do not use this phrase lightly. Shame on society. Shame on society. Shame on the lazy ass fucking parents that expected little teeny bopper developing children to model how to be good humans to their children no no shame on that shit cause no it is not anyone's job to model what it is to be a good human to your children other than yours that is your job okay oh echo stop i know what she was gonna say thanks girl <laughs> i just called her girl okay it is no one's job to model what it is to be a great human to your children but your own and the fact that we had people slut shaming Miley Cyrus for doing a photo shoot that some people deemed risky, but that she was perfectly fine and safe in. You know, her one of her parents were present. She felt completely safe. She was just enjoying being herself and taking these photos and people slut shamed her because apparently it's her job to tell their children how to be good humans and act if we do nothing if we do jack shit to help the child star conundrum let us at least do this Take the responsibility of being a good role model to the children of the world. 
off of these developmentally developing children that happen to be growing up in the limelight and put it back on ourselves because the adults of society it's our responsibility to model what it is to be great humans to the children of society and especially if those children are our own and if that's not the job you signed up for if you've already had kids it's too fucking late that is the job you signed up for to model what it is to be the kind of adult and human that you would hope they become so those are my thoughts those are my solutions or ideas i should say for a solution this is a really really tricky topic and it's a really really tricky situation and this is why i called it a conundrum it's not going to go anywhere we're not going to cast robots in our movies at least not in this day and age but hopefully there are some things we can do to shed some light into the really dark corners of this industry and make it a little bit more friendly towards the children that go into it let me know your thoughts do you know anybody who is a child star or was a child star um were you yourself one and you aren't now um do you just have thoughts on this right is this something you've been thinking about for a little bit what did you think of my thoughts is there anything that i said that stood out to you anything that you agree with or disagree with always remember to be kind um and yeah i would really love to know this is a really really interesting thing and like i said it's it's just got to get talked to death until something gets done about it so let's talk um but next before we end it i am going to do my tarot reading i am not offering tarot readings for january because i've got some crazy work schedules going right now but i am going to be doing the one card reading at the end of my episodes and videos so let's do that i'm using the beautiful botanical tarot man i feel for these these peeps next door that kid is not regulating poor baby um okay let's see so i got the botanical tarot here it's really gorgeous and lovely but it's also kind of cryptic it has no words <laughs> just symbols <laughs> so if we get a major arcana card i'm gonna have to look in the booklet to find out exactly what it is but it's like the language of flowers and it's gorgeous so let's go what is our message today i do not have to look haha we get i believe this you know i do have to look i want to double check but i'm pretty sure this is the three of wands I'm gonna double check here yes it is okay cool this is the three of wands okay first of all if you're watching on the youtube channel look at this card oh my god these cards are just absolutely gorgeous so if you're listening let me describe it to you it is first of all the backdrop is black completely black and then at the very top of the card you have the roman numeral three and then you have the little symbol that they have for wands which is it's like a little there's a stick and then there is just a semicircle where in the middle of the semicircle is where it meets the stick that's standing straight up next to the roman numeral the semicircle is facing up so if the semicircle is a crescent moon um the moon's ends are facing up um, so you already have like the wand starting to form and then right in the, the little crook where the crescent moon closes in, right? There's a little circle and that's their symbol for wands. And that is up there in the top of the card. And then you have this really interesting, what looks to be like a wooden or a metal spike it looks to be like growing out of the ground but obviously it's not growing out of the ground in fact it looks like a structure that's been there for a long time and it's rusted um and you have these beautiful leaves and flowers growing around it it actually looks like sakura flowers it looks like a cherry blossom flower 
and you have this you have it, it looks a little bit like a, a bracelet with a bead on it with a bead at the end you know those bracelets um that it's like a loop and then the two ends are like stuck through a bead and then you can adjust the bracelet it's like that and it's very loose and in you have the big spike in the middle and then you have these two what look to be wands metal looking wands um because they look a lot a lot like the symbol for the wand except without the crescent moon part um so it's essentially just like a circle and then a stick connected to that circle and looped in one of those circles right because it's the three of wands so you have this big metal spike as a wand and then these two on either side of it and looped through one of the circles the one on the left you have this like bracelet thing with an orange bead um now what do i get from this i was really I almost didn't use this deck because this deck kind of terrifies me because there's no words, there's nothing going on really except for these beautiful floral pictures. And I was like, you know what? I believe in myself. <laughs> like, let's just do this. And the message that we have here today, first of all, let's look at the number three. The number three is a number that represents minor change. So perhaps there's something going on that's kind of like shaking up your world just a little bit. That's okay. Let it. The thing about change is that it is the only constant. And I know that that sounds like some like Buddhism shit or some like philosophical shit, but it's honestly very true. It's the only fucking constant. Okay. And you can either weather change like a rigid structure, like the rusted wands here, or you can weather change like plants and like nature it's so interesting because we started this episode talking about the wisdom that is in nature and we kind of close out on it you can either weather change in a very rigid manner or you can weather change in a very fluid manner it honestly just depends on what you choose to do and sometimes the element of choice only comes after awareness because oftentimes if you're just working from the subconscious and working with autopilot you're just doing what you've been taught to do but when you get aware of what you're actually doing you are able to either keep doing what you're doing or you're able to grow and you're able to change your tune a little bit maybe not right away maybe not severely and it'll take practice but you can and if you haven't caught on yet, I'm comparing what it is like to deal with change in a rigid way by using these wands because <clears throat> they're rusting. They're rusting and they're fading and they're essentially the least lively part of this card and the thing about wands is that it corresponds to the sacral chakra and it corresponds to your center of pleasure and excitement and drive so while the wands are muted to highlight the plants of course you've got the botanical tarot here it's also worth noting that as rigid as these metal wands are, they are still going to change. They're still going to rust and then sh completely shift color, right? They're going to go from this muted black to this red, this bright, bright, rusty red. <clears throat> so the message in here is how are you going to weather the change? Are you going to stay strong and stay standing even when the wind begs you to just lay down because you'll be safer that way or are you going to dig your heels into your conviction that standing is the way even as you get scraped and things by things getting carried in the wind right or we could flip it like say standing is the way but you're so used to laying down 
and you just do what you're used to doing. Okay. Now that you know that you're just doing what you're used to doing, are you going to take the way that benefits you more? Or are you going to be rigid and just lay down? Whatever it is that you're being rigid about, it's close to your heart. And that's okay. But being rigid about it won't keep it from breaking or changing. It'll just change without you. So, yeah, how will you go through change? Thank you so much for the wisdom of the flowers. God, this deck is just beautiful. And thank you. Thank you so much. If you've made it so far, this far, thank you. I really, really, really appreciate it. And please like, please subscribe, and click the bell because I do post regularly, though I don't post on a schedule. Um, and I'm very proud of myself even for, for the fact that I did not procrastinate a month from now into a month from now essentially so thank you so much for honestly keeping me accountable just by existing those of you that have subscribed and if you're subscribing now or have subscribed through this video i am so incredibly appreciative of that and i'm excited to see you next time um yeah stay mystical stay grounded click that bell Click the like button, click the subscribe button, help this channel grow because it helps me become a full-time content creator. And when I'm a full-time content creator, I literally have no fucking reason to procrastinate. I need to start imagining that reality. Manifestation moment. Stay mystical, stay grounded. I really appreciate you and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Embodying Mystical Mac. Please consider leaving a review and letting us know how this episode impacted you. Also consider checking out the social justice links in the description. And for more content from me, including a video recording of this podcast, as well as photos, videos of aerial silks, and all of the random things that I'm up to, follow me on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Both can be found under Embodying Mystical Mac. Lastly, thank you so much to James for all of the amazing editing work that you do on this podcast, as well as on the YouTube videos. Stay mystical, stay grounded, and I'll catch you all next time.